find a way to be confident. For me, confidence comes from knowledge. So you, you got to know what you're talking about and you're better off doing something and making a mistake than not doing something and just waiting for somebody else to fix the problem. You really just got to get out there and try it. Welcome to this episode of Space to Build, the podcast that celebrates the voices of hardworking women in construction. In each episode, we discuss a career in construction and explore the skills needed to build holistic success sooner rather than later as an emerging construction professional. Hey, it's Catherine, your host. I started Space to Build in 2020 while I was a superintendent for a general contractor. For years, I craved community and a means to connect with women who felt isolated in the industry. Since November of 2020, our stories have been shared in over 40 countries across the globe. These experiences have brought new ideas to the table for both women and men in the industry. While I highlight the voices of women in architecture, engineering, and construction, this podcast is meant to be a resource for anyone, regardless of gender. This episode's guest is Brittany Gentleholm. She is 27 years old and an assistant superintendent that has been working in construction for three and a half years. She aspires to be able to run her own projects as a lead super one day. In this episode, she shares all of the opportunities she pursued before following in her father's footsteps and pursuing a career in construction. We also talk about transferable skills from other industries, including the fashion industry and the financial freedom construction has offered her at such an early age. And a quick tip for how she finishes drywall corners as a young woman in the field, Brittany hopes to be an example to other women who want to work in non-traditional careers. She also recently bought her first home and has been doing complete renovations on it in her spare time. This episode is supported by Coralie Beattie over at Thrive HQ. And we wanted to take a second to share her book, Hiring Secrets for Trades and Construction. So whether you're an employer or an employee, Hiring Secrets for Trades and Construction is for you. As an employer, you will learn tips and tricks to find, hire, and retain top talent in your field, including some invaluable templates to make the whole process easier for you. And as an employee in the market for a new position, you'll learn what to look for in a great employer, how to prepare for a great interview, including research to do ahead of time, and sample questions. And finally, you'll get behind the scenes look into what a potential employer is looking for in a great hire. Hiring Secrets for Trades and Construction is a great resource for both sides of the hiring equation. Get your copy today with the promo code S2B10. All right, let's get the show started. How are you doing, Brittany? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm all right. So very first question, who is Brittany as a human being? As a human being, recently, one of my friends described me as compulsively creative. And I think that fits really well. In general, I would say I'm a writer and a builder. And the creativity kind of bleeds into that. My friend said that I always have projects going on. They're usually pretty diverse in range. So I think that is the best way to describe me. What kind of projects do you have going on? I recently bought a house, so I've been renovating it which involves a lot of projects. I've redone the kitchen, floors, paint and patch all the walls, new lighting. So there's always something to do on the house. Well, congratulations on the new house. That's such an exciting milestone to hit. So what brought you into construction? 
Uh, there's a long answer and a short answer. <laughs> um, the short answer is my dad has been in construction my whole life. He's a superintendent. So I, I grew up around it. I would go to work with him and see what he does. But he was always stay in school and get a good job so that you don't have to work in construction like me. It took him a while to kind of see that like I was truly interested in that. But before that happened, I did what he told me to do. I took his advice. I went to college, got my degree. After college, I spent two years and worked in five different industries. Didn't really find what I wanted to do. I tried landscaping and that was the first job that I like truly fell in love with. I love the hands-on, being active and being outdoors. So that was kind of like my gateway, proving to myself and to everyone around me that I could keep up. I could work with the guys. I could, you know, be dirty at work. So when the opportunity came to interview for an assistant super position at the same company that my dad works for, um, I, I took it and haven't looked back yet. So that was about three and a half years ago. Awesome. That's a lot of a lot of learning in a very short period of time. And your dad's comment about how you should go off, go to school and not do what he does is hilarious. But I hear that all the time from the guys. They're like, yeah, no, we don't want our kids in this industry. And I'm like, ooh, I wonder why, you know, these kids in this, in this industry, but we desperately need them. And I love that you tried exploring other routes but then ultimately realized that this is where like you feel the most comfortable what did you major in i majored in communication so i was studying to do public relations and social media so then where did you work if you don't mind me asking i had a lot of trouble finding a job after college so i got like a data entry job just to fill the time i found a social media internship but that's not really where I wanted to stay and the agency I was working for didn't have a lot of room to move up. Um, so that's when I, I kind of got sick of being behind a computer and was like, I want to do something totally different. Mm -hmm. Tried landscaping, then kind of got cold feet and was like, I need to use my degree. Ended up in fashion merchandising for a children's clothing brand. Uh, I had a couple retail jobs and just nothing, nothing quite fit. Were you able to take any of the skills or experiences that you had in those other industries? And have you been able to apply them to the construction industry? I definitely think um, landscaping and actually the fashion merchandising job has definitely carried over for the uh, landscaping, the project planning, time management. I ended up, before I left the company, I had moved up to be a crew leader. So I was managing guys under me to make sure we're getting the work done and the quality control. And a lot of that carries over with the fashion merchandising. I was part of three different photo shoots during my time there. And the planning and scheduling process between producing a photo shoot and producing the final catalog is all very similar in like how you think about scheduling complex projects. So I think that really carries over to construction as well. That's kind of funny because it's like when you're without looking at the depth of what you're actually doing within the fashion industry, you're like, how is that even remotely related? But I love that, like, no matter where you go, there is some level of project management involved and that those skills that you pick up as a PM are so transferable anywhere else. If you just get bored and you're like, I want to try this out over here. So now you're an assistant superintendent. How did you get that 
roll so quickly. Um, the way that I got the title is by starting at a small company. So they didn't have anybody really lower than a super. They were still building up that assistant level. It was a growing company. So I kind of came into the industry with no experience and had that title. They were really willing to take me on because I was eager to learn. So I stayed at that company for two years before I moved companies. And I just, by that time, I had a little bit more experience to, to kind of hold the title better. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that is pretty common if you're in the smaller companies. They don't have that like initial role. Um, in my experience, I started off with the bigger company. So I had like that baseline, that project engineer role, and then jumped into the assistant super role at a smaller company. And I just personally couldn't imagine having the guts to just say, screw it, like I'm going to apply for it. So I love that you just went for it and that you were in a space where they saw your potential and wanted to train you into that role. So what were some of like the first like road bumps that you hit as somebody new into the industry? The biggest thing was language. I mean, there is a whole new language that comes with construction. And it takes a while to pick it up because it's not just one specific set of like words or phrases or anything. As a GC, you're learning every trade all at once. So just picking up a little bit from each subcontractor that I worked with, really talking to the guys and listening to what they were doing and like asking them questions, asking them to explain their work was really helpful in the beginning. And yeah, you just, you really have to ask questions and uh, figure out what people are talking about before you can really insert yourselves into any sort of situation and be helpful. What do you do now as an assistant super now that you've got a couple of years under your belt? Right now I'm on a multifamily project. So this is actually like the biggest team that I've worked with. We have a couple assistant supers on the project and I really like that. So we help each other out with what we're handling on a day-to-day -day, and we're heading into the punch list and turnover phase. So um, I'm helping kind of lead that because I've been through punch list before. I've done a lot of renovation projects. So I have a lot more experience on like the finish end of construction. So going through almost finished apartments and doing that quality control check, making sure everything is functioning, make sure all the work is complete, and then following up with all the subcontractors that we need to get in there before we do owner's walks. Before you hit that punch list phase, were you responsible for a set amount of trades or did everybody kind of have their hands in everything and you guys truly just went at it as a team? So the, the current project I'm on, I jumped in kind of partway through. So it was a new construction stick build. In the beginning, when I first got out here, they were finishing up like the framing and the MEP rough-in. So before like final punch, I was doing in-wall punch. And that was so helpful to get into the drawings and learn about the different systems that were going into the building for mechanical and electrical and plumbing. It was going into a room that's just framed up and looking at through the walls, but at the walls to see, mm -hmm. you know, where all the light switches were, where all the vents were, making sure everything was connected. And getting ready for those rough-in inspections. So that's where I started on this project. I love that that like that got to be experience because when you're in that punch list mode, it's so detail-oriented that you're no longer looking at it on like the grand scheme of things. You're literally looking, is this exactly where it needs to be? And I think that is such a cool way to get familiar with the job and learn the drawing when you're thrown into the mix. 
So do you have like a punch list process that you've established that you seem that you think works really well? So we're working off, there's a very similar project that's a couple months ahead of us. So we got with that team and they kind of talk through their process and we're adapting it for our project and our team. So it's very similar, you know, using construction management tools, everything's pretty much digital at this point. And not all the subs are totally on board with like interacting in the digital like software management space just yet, but it's still a way where we can produce a list and maybe just email it to them if they're not quite, you know, active on the management software. So we we create the task, go room by room, and we can filter it by floor, we can filter it by trade, we can filter it by room, whatever we need to send out the lists in the most organized way possible. And then we give the trades about a week to get in and get their stuff done. And then we just follow them, follow behind them to close out any items that have been fixed and chase down any subs who haven't finished. Yeah, that's awesome. I might be a weirdo, but I really love like the punch list phase. Out of all the different phases of construction, what is your favorite? Um, I really liked doing the rough in, um, in wall punch and going through like before the walls are up. I like walking through the building when it's kind of just a skeleton. I haven't been on a project, like a new construction project right from the beginning yet. I'm hoping the next one will be that, but I'd really like to know more about like the underground and the initial like layout for a building. How long are you typically on each project? It's been kind of varied. I've been on a renovation project, which was my first with this company. And that was about nine months. And this project, I jumped in halfway. So I think the next one that I end up on start to finish will probably be like a two-year project. I think that's about the average. Um, But I've been kind of less than a year or a year and a half so far on the projects that I've been on. What's your perspective on being in these different phases and not seeing the whole spectrum of one project? I think it just depends on what the team needs for support. So when I came on there, I was kind of taking the place of a guy who had done a lot of like the layout and the initial building. So he was moving on to the next project that was starting to the ground up. And I was coming in just before they were getting into finishes, which is where my experience is strongest. So I picked up a little bit of experience on the back end. And then hopefully the next one will backtrack a little further and I can see it out of the ground. Awesome. What are the next steps for you in terms of moving up that ladder, if you will? How long will you be assistant super? At what point will you see that promotion? Like, what do you have to do in between to get that promotion? That is A great question. The answer is so varied in this industry based on company and what projects are available. I think I definitely need a couple more years experience before I jump up to like a lead super position. Um, But I would love to take on more responsibility and hopefully in the next few years, maybe start on a small project and be able to run it start to finish. So just sticking it out and gaining experience, learning from Anybody and everybody who's willing to take a minute and teach me. What are some of the opportunities that having a career in construction has given you? So many opportunities. I think from an independent standpoint, I was able to move out of my parents' house, pay off my student debt, buy a house, all within 
the last three years. So that's been huge for me. I've been able to like be more creative, work with really great people, do some hands-on work. My job isn't just sitting behind a desk and I love that. And also I've been able to start writing. That's something new that I came across this year. There are writing opportunities within construction and just working with really great people and having work that like truly has a purpose. You know, society needs construction, needs infrastructure. So I think it's really cool to see that from the inside. So tell me more about these writing opportunities. What have you worked on so far? So it kind of just popped out of nowhere. I was connected with somebody on LinkedIn, who a woman who owned a construction company, and she had just posted looking for somebody to do kind of a feature piece on her company. And I hadn't really thought about, like I've always written on my own, but I hadn't thought about how that could work with construction other Mm -hmm. than doing like a personal blog or something. So I just, I immediately sent in a couple writing samples and said, hey, I'm interested. And um, she was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And they were really happy with the article. So that kind of got me thinking, you know, there might be more opportunities out there. And I actually happened to have a connection on LinkedIn who had construction writing right in their kind of tagline. So I just reached out to find out a little bit more information. And he actually had a couple opportunities for me. So I've been able to kind of step up and uh, learn from him and help him with just, you know, short writing pieces. One of them was about safety and different needs that either will get posted on like a company blog or LinkedIn. I love how LinkedIn kind of works in like super random ways where you never know what your network's going to be able to bring into your life. Would you be open to sharing some links on them? Yeah, the first article that I wrote is on my LinkedIn. That was for like a trade magazine. So if anyone wants to check it out, the link is there. But yeah, I'm definitely interested in sharing more about my writing. I've got a couple opportunities that I'm hoping will come through in the new year. So um, there will be more. And it's just kind of a fun way that everything comes full circle with like my degree is now something that I'm using, but I'm using it in construction. That's so cool. I love how that's worked out. I have a friend who's actually going to be on this season of the podcast. She is in marketing and she does a lot of copywriting through the construction industry as well and never really gave it much thought. Like I knew that there was like websites like Construction Dives and things like that, but I never thought about like how could somebody break in on a smaller scale and I love that, like, you're a perfect example of what that looks like. But yeah, that's awesome. You want to jump into the rapid fire questions? All right. Coffee or tea? Tea. Ooh, what kind of tea do you like? I usually do, like, the, I don't know, like, the fruity with raspberry tea that I really like or ginger. Oh, man. Okay, well, now people are going to be wondering, like, how do you stay awake on a job <laughs> that a lot (laughs) favorite footwear brand for work currently my favorite boots have been danner they're like a work boot that has like aspects of a hiking boot so it's really good for walking Mm -hmm. they've got a composite toe so you don't have to lug around a steel toe what is your favorite tool for work i think like my job would be the ipad because that is essential for having the drawings with you at all times but in general, I think the impact would be my favorite. 
I really like doing like drywall and stuff like that at my house. <laughs> so it's just a very versatile tool for that kind of stuff. How's that drywall process going for you? Because I I've tried drywall finishing and kind of a lot further than the guys make it look on site. I've been doing a lot of like patchings. My kitchen looked like Swiss cheese at one point. Oh, no. So it was definitely like a learning process, but I've gotten really good at corners, which surprises me. I really like like sanding down corners after you've like put a couple coats of mud on it and you get that really smooth finish on both sides. What's the secret to corners? Because those are incredibly hard. I don't know if I could explain it. It's just practice. And I, I mean, it's always helpful if you're doing like an entryway kind of corner. If you have like a knife that is big enough to span edge to edge so that you don't have to worry about striping lines down the middle. Okay, that makes sense. All right, well, while we're on this topic, I'm kind of curious, what else have you been doing on your house? Oh, my goodness. Everything. So, yeah, I've been working on it since the beginning of May. I've put all new flooring in, did the flooring myself, painting and patching. I had a lot of friends helping me with that. I redid the layout of the kitchen. So I did, I've got new kitchen cabinets, took out a closet, took out a wing wall, um, moved where the fridge was, moved the washer and dryer connections. I just got countertops this week and it is amazing having a kitchen again. Oh, I bet. So what kind of countertops did you get? Um, I got uh, quartz. Nice. Yeah. what's, What's the hardest project? in your house so far? When I first bought the house, the ceilings were textured and it wasn't popcorn. So I couldn't just like spray water and scrape it off, which is what everybody said. I had to sand it all down, skim the ceilings, re-sand it, prime it, and paint it. And I had to do that before I could do the walls, before I could do the floors, and before I could move in. So that was a huge process. And the master bedroom and the living room have vaulted ceilings. So my living room is like 15 feet. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was a huge project to get the ceilings done. How long did it take to handle your living room alone? I don't even remember. It was probably uh, like a month and a half. I mean, working like nights and weekends. Now that you've tackled your own house or elements of it, has that changed your perspective of the cruise on site? A little bit. I mean, I I understand that like what they're doing can be very difficult, but I think it's helped me like learn a lot because like while I was doing the finishes at my house, they were putting the finishes in on the project and I was like, oh, well, I've done that before. I know what you're doing. I understand. It was definitely learning a lot on both ends. All right. So the last of the rapid banner. What are you currently reading or listening to? So I am reading The Defining Decade by Meg Jay, and uh, she has a TED Talk, too. That's kind of how I found her, but very interesting about, like, how you're supposed to work hard now and, like, create the life that you want and, you know, the big idealistic jobs or lifestyles aren't just going to fall into your lap. You have to really work for it, so... It's a really interesting book, and I would definitely recommend it to anyone who's kind of searching for their path as a young person. That sounds like an awesome resource. Speaking of resources, what is one piece of an advice you can offer someone who wants to become an assistant super? Definitely find a way to be confident. For me, confidence comes from knowledge, so you 
you got to know what you're talking about and you're better off doing something and making a mistake than not doing something and just waiting for somebody else to fix the problem. You really just got to get out there and try it, show some initiative. And everyone's had those, you know, missteps that they learned from. So don't be afraid to get out there and do it. Awesome. So how can our listeners connect with you? I'm on Instagram at Builder with a Bow, and I'm on LinkedIn, Brittany Gentleholm. Awesome. Nice and simple. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you so much, Brittany. It's been so great talking. Thank you so much for being here today. If you would like to chime in on the conversation, you can find us online at space2build.co. Yes, it's .co. We are also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter at Space2Build. When you have a moment, do you mind leaving a review for this podcast? I read your reviews at the end of each episode, and I'm constantly looking for ways to improve. Any ideas to improve your experience will be more than welcomed. And remember, you belong here. There is so much space for you in our industry.